0: let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for Joeda for the word you've placed in her heart. And I pray, Lord, that we would uh, get to hear that so clearly today from your heart to ours. And uh, Lord, we just pray you bless Joeda as she shares and uh, encourage her as she encourages us into you and into your word. Amen. Is this working? Oh, morning. I was going to introduce myself because there was quite a few new faces here that I haven't seen, but Stuart's done that. So I'll tell you about the other part that I was going to say to begin with, which cracked me up. And I'm very thankful I've got Jesus. Because when you think about standing up in front of your lovely lot, I was pretty nervous. So the world says, imagine all these people sitting on the toilet. I don't know what was more disturbing. The idea of standing here talking to you lot this morning or actually visualising you all sitting on the loo. I decided I'd stand here and talk to you lot instead and focus on God and hope that he took away my nerves this morning. Because that's quite a damaging thought. I know some of you personally, but that's taken it too far. So this morning is Mother's Day. It's a day we get to honour all the ladies in our lives. All the women that have helped us to grow to be the men and the women that we are today. We get to affirm them. We get to say how great they are. We get to give them great gifts. If any of you haven't got gifts, you better run out after the service. You've still got time. It's a time to really affirm and honor who they are and how they've been towards you in life. So Stuart asked me if I wanted to preach, and I have to be really honest. I said, no, thanks very much. You must be kidding. I've not long done the preaching course, and this is all very new to me. And then as I was saying, as I was just about to text him back to say, no, thanks, God said to me, "Uh, yes, please. And I'd like you to speak on honor. And then he said, oh, so I want you to step out of your boat so you're doing it. Well, I kind of put it off for maybe about a week, week and a half, didn't get back to Stuart at all, because I was thinking, are are you sure? Am I really hearing? Secretly hoping that I hadn't heard right at all. And then in comes Helen Roberts, the lady that's going to be leading with her husband, our church weekend away. She came and preached a couple of weeks back. And um, the first thing is I'm sitting there in worship. I'm like, Lord, are you really talking to me? Am I really hearing this right? And along she comes. And the first thing she does is start honoring Stuart and Judith. Don't you just love the way he confirms even when you're secretly hoping that you've not heard right? So here I am. I'm stepping out of my boat this morning with you guys, so be gentle with me. So this word, honour, is quite challenging. It's not an easy word, especially when the Lord takes you to Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, and James 3, controlling the tongue. Now, anyone that has read the book of James knows he doesn't hold back his punches. Paul writes some pretty clear stuff, and I was like, ouch, Lord, really? Really? So when Stuart was being honoured and um, Judith by Helen, what did it stir in you? Were you sitting there and you were cringing inside because you really struggled to hear good things being spoken out about people? Makes you feel really edgy and uncomfortable in your seat. Were you celebrating where you think, yeah, I love to hear good things being spoken over people. I love it. Celebrate with them. Or were you the one that was sitting there going, you know, I really wish that was me. I really wish someone would speak some good stuff into my life. Well, I believe that we are meant to be a family here at church, a culture of people loving and honoring each other as our heavenly dad does to us daily. How many of us here have had something spoken over us? It might not have been something you've heard directly. Unfortunately, you've heard what other people have been saying about you someone's been telling you that it's not been particularly pleasant. Or you've had a parent, or you've had a teacher, or you've had a partner in your life that has done nothing but criticize you, pick out really bad stuff constantly. Doesn't feel great. If you're anything like me, it stays with you and it leaves a really nasty footprint on your heart and on your soul. It's like someone's just come along, they've opened up your backpack, they've thrown a whole house worth of bricks in, zipped it back up and said, now walk along. It's heavy, cuts to the very core of who you are and you just can't shake it off. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 speaks about the sinful nature, the flesh. It says we struggle with hostility. We struggle with quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, division, and envy. Those flaws of our flesh, they always have someone on the receiving end of them. The attributes of our flesh are so damaging. So damaging on the people that are receiving them. So I had this kind of analogy of a garden. So every time you're choosing to speak out bad stuff of the flesh, it's like having a garden, looking around at this garden and thinking, hang on a second, why is nothing blossoming? Season in, season out, nothing's growing. But all you see is weeds, all you see is brambles, bindweed. You know, now I'm no gardener. Now, my grandma over there is a cracking gardener. My father-in-law and my late nan, she was also a great gardener. Now, my father decided one year that it would be a great idea to go and buy some bulbs for our garden because we literally just had grass. I don't know what came over him because he's the most unpractical man you could possibly imagine. So my brother thought this was genius. My dad's out in the garden. I think I'm going to join him. So out my brother goes. They start digging up some stuff. And my brother's planting the bulbs. My dad gets really eggy with him. Son, you're doing it wrong. Digs up all the bulbs that he's done, turns them upside down and replants them all. So then wonders why the seasons keep going on by and there's nothing blossoming. My brother had great joy when it took two years for those bulbs to turn themselves back round and come back out again. So I mean mean it when I say I am no gardener no gardener, but the basic understanding that I have is if you want something good to grow in a garden, you've got to choose seeds that have the ability to plant and grow something beautiful. So the words of the flesh, they're not seeds of beauty. They're not going to grow good stuff. Let's go back to verses 17 to 18 oh no, hang on. Let's back at um, Galatians 5.22. It says about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, their love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I'm betting that a garden that's planted with seeds like that is going to look pretty damn beautiful. Good stuff's going to grow from those words. And I bet you also that a garden that looks that pretty good, the gardens beside it are going to go, hang on a second, who's been looking after that garden? I'd quite like some, please. James 3, 311 speaks about our tongues as something that can't be tamed. It starts fires that sets our whole life on fire. Let's read it. We can make a large horse go everywhere, anywhere we want, by means of a small bit in the mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. I don't know about you, but that leaves my heart really heavy. How many times have I opened up my mouth and I've set someone else's life on fire? How many times have I opened up my mouth and out of a place of anger, out of a place of frustration, of grumpiness, negativity, have I chosen to walk in the flesh, my fleshly attributes, and I've decided to speak out that stuff over someone's life, and I've planted that stuff in their garden, stunting their growth. It's challenging, right? It goes on in verses 17 and 18 to say, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and full of fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, good things of justice. I've been reading this incredible book, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk. The lovely Sharon Dunbar bought it for me. Don't you love it when a friend gets a book and they're so bubbling over with it that they kind of Amazon Prime it to you? So the next day, bing, bing, lands on my doorstep. And I wanted to share this little bit about um, this, part, this word honour. Danny Sook puts it like this, the practice of honor will revolutionize the family system because honor brings power to relationships and the individuals in those relationships. I'm just going to read that again. The practice of honor will revolutionize the family system because honor brings power to relationships and individuals in those relationships. That totally blessed me. Now, this book's quite challenging. Um, and I'm loving it because it's really giving me an eyesight and how I should be bringing up my boys. But I love that. I can empower my children by just choosing the words that I speak over them. And you know what? It's not just about my family. Are we not all family here? We're a church family, right? So actually what I choose to do to my children, I should choose to do to you guys. Yeah? I should be choosing to want to honor you because that's going to empower you and I'm going to see beauty in you. If we only had good things spoken over us, what do you think we'd look like? Well, I think we'd look like the blessed nation that our heavenly dad says that we're called to be. You know, in Malachi 3.12, it says, Then the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I love that. The world is supposed to look upon us, not because we're anything special, but because of Jesus. And they're meant to see something really different. They're meant to see beauty. And not because we're anything special, not because we deserve it, just because we've got Jesus in us. People are supposed to walk through this door and they're supposed to be seeing us do life differently. Not criticizing each other. Loving on each other, honoring each other. They're supposed to walk in and feel something different. They're supposed to feel safe here. They're supposed to be walking in here and receiving something that's really different than what they get in the world. But how often do they walk in here and they're hearing us criticising, gossiping? Quite a bit, I'd say. And that really is sad. Our fleshly nature is really, really crushing to the people around us if we don't keep giving it back to God and asking him to do something with us. How many times have we opened our mouth and spoken unkindly about one of the leaders in this place? criticising them. You know, we all get into our little huddles and we think that we're really justified because actually everybody together believes the same thing. And you think you're saying it quietly. Newsflash, nothing is said so quietly. It always gets back one way or the other. I believe strongly and passionately that as we open our mouths, we either speak in the heart and the spirit of Jesus or we allow our mouths to be spoken and used by the enemy. Paul talks about us not fighting flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities, spirits of an unseed world in Ephesians 6. Again, from this book, Danny Silk puts it, We are creating an atmosphere with every word that we choose to use. Understanding that bumps my mouth permit to a new level. Mama's old saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it at all, is now, don't empower evil spirits in your environment. And if you don't have something good in your heart, work on your heart. Don't let it out of the cage. Ouch. Not only are we choosing to speak of the flesh, which is the flesh, which is the enemy, we're setting people's lives on fire, we're choking and stunting their growth because of the words that we choose. And the enemy's having a field day. You know where scripturally it says the enemy will be walking in your places, in your families and in your homes? Well, guess what? Half the time we allow him to be here because of what we choose to do with our mouths. It takes on James 3, controlling the tongue a little bit differently, doesn't it? Family, we need to stop allowing our words to tear down and destroy. We need to be held accountable for the words that we speak over people, for gossiping, for getting into huddles for speaking out when we don't like something or someone just because. Family, we're called to something bigger and we're called to something better. We're to be life bringers, not fire starters that burn people so badly that they carry the scars. We're called to be life, Jesus is life, amen? I know it's a challenging word, and it wasn't an easy word for me to have to bring for the first time. I was like, really, God? Come on. (laughs) My first time standing here. But you know what? He doesn't want this to kick people's bottoms. He wants to bring it because there's life. He is a life bringer. How many people here, and I want to ask you guys to stand if I can... How many here have been carrying a word that somebody has spoken over them, whether they were in childhood or whether as an adult, that somebody's spoken over you, a negative word, something that has been wrestling with you for most of your life? How many people are doing that? Because I can stand up and I know that I've had a family that speak negativity before they speak positivity. And that's taken me a lot of time sitting with the father and him rewriting some of that stuff. I know that's a challenge, but if there's anybody here that has been having a word of negativity that's been planted in you, I'd really ask you to stand because I want to pray into our situation today because that's not who God is. He wants to speak life. He wants to look after your garden and see you blossom. He wants to take the bindweed that wraps his... Oh, look at me, bindweed. I said I wasn't a gardener. He wants to take bindweed that chokes things. It gets in every little nook and cranny in your garden. And the only reason I know that is because my husband can't bear it. And it gets really eggy if it's anywhere in our garden. And do you know what? God wants to say, I want to take the bindweed that's in your life and I want to burn it up. It's not truth. Anything that is spoken into your life that is not of the Holy Spirit is not truth. So can we all stand? Because we're going to seek him who is able to bring change in us, the one who is loving, all-honoring, all-forgiving and gracious beyond anything we could ever, ever, ever understand. Dad, I want to thank you that your word is a word of encouragement, that we do not have to live under words of negativity. We do not have to choose to listen to words of flesh that people want to speak into our lives. Dad, I want to ask that anybody that is sat here, stood here today, that is carrying a word of negativity that has been planted over them and in them, that you would dig it up and you'd throw it on the fire. I want to ask, Dad, you would come into every single life garden that is represented in this place and you would come and you'd start doing a great work. You would dig up roots that are choking And actually, I really believe that there's some people here that really feel that God has done something already with this, but he's saying, I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to get the root. I want to take the root out because I want you to be free. And dad, I want to ask that you would bless all of us with a wisdom and an understanding of what we do when we open our mouths and choose to speak. Loving, gracious, heavenly father, come and bring our challenge Come and be our challenge. Come and be the life that comes from our mouths. Dad, we are so sorry when we choose to tear each other down and destroy. Forgive us, Dad. We want to be the blessed nation that you've called us to be. We want people to look upon our land and go, do you know what, I want some of that. Teach us. Get us right, Dad, with you and with each other. And we want to ask that your word says the tongue cannot be tamed. Well, you're the greatest changer. You're the greatest controller. So we give our mouths to you, Dad, and we ask that life would be spoken, that we would start honoring and loving one another so much that, Father God, our gardens would blossom and the world would want to be part of this blessed nation. And we ask this, Dad, in your precious and your glorious name and for your glory and your glory alone. Amen.